Welcome into a special Mountaineer preview edition on August 15th, 2019. A week and a day away from the... No, it's actually a week away from the premier first edition of the Blitz for this year. Am I right, Chris? Yes. Almost time to talk football. It's my, You know, it's my second favorite part of football season. Talking season. And here in what? couple of weeks what, what what are we away from football season saturday saturday's two weeks to game day two weeks to game day and then finally talking season is over with and it's at my actual favorite part yeah of football it, season it always seems like football's off season is longer than any other even even though it's only six months technically and baseball six months and a lot of other sports are six months it just seems like football just seems like it takes that it's much because longer. we live for it we live for it i mean you can talk college football all year can't you I can. Yeah, I, I can definitely sit here and do the bar chatter all day about about, about Mountaineer football I mean, in general. You look at it this way. This has been one of the, the biggest talking seasons of them all when it comes to Mountaineer football because it started the day after the bowl game. And actually, the rumble, the rumblings you hear about it started before <laughs> yeah, the bowl game. Yeah, I mean, I mean, before the bowl game was even played, we were starting to talk. Old Dana. Old Dana. Hey, I, I'm still, and people may have heard me say this before, if he beats Oklahoma week one, this this guy here is probably going to blow a gasket. If he, if he can figure out a way to beat Oklahoma week one after never being able to beat him here in eight seasons, I, I'm going to lose it. With last year being his best opportunity of all yeah. to beat him. Yeah. By the way, this podcast is being brought to you by Three Guys Fitness in Reedsville. Mention you heard this ad on 96.7K Country and receive $5 off your initial membership fee by Brouhaha, located on Price Street in Kingwood, where the coffee beans are roasted in-house, and the coffee is absolutely delicious, and they are now serving smoothies as well. And by Divine Image in Kingwood, located on Main Street. Uh, you'll get to see them open up here soon i know they're they're already open right now they're they're big they're big openings uh, i think next saturday so they're opening up next saturday they're having a grand opening 96 7 we'll be doing a live uh a live uh feed there we'll be there announcing their grand opening and everything you got a long ways to go to get there i mean it's right across the street it's not uh, even across the street it's cross parking lot it's back where our place where we eat, used to eat our hot dogs before <laughs> the games we used to broadcast and it's gone. I mean, that, that was a sad day for us here when we were. Yeah, the, when the hot dog man left. Oh, oh man. They're, they're, what, they're, what is it? Their pepper soup or something? We got a green pepper soup or whatever. I, I don't know about pepper soup, but I uh, love their hot dogs. Oh, their hot dogs are good, but they had some kind of hot pepper soup, and it just had <laughs> it just had the taste of it. But in all, but in all seriousness, we are talking Mountaineer football. The the season is upon us. Game day is only sixteen days away until kickoff at two p.m. From Milan Pushkar Stadium as the Mountaineers take on James Madison University. A team that everybody thinks the Mountaineers are going to blow out of the uh-uh. gates, but you think otherwise, Chris. And by yeah. the way, Chris Westfall is the in-house expert on the Mountaineers. Hey, i got to tell you what. New era of Mountaineer football. It is. Neil Brown comes in after eight years of what I will call the weirdest eight-year era of Mountaineer football. And I said this when I was on your show doing the the draft stuff, okay? Coaches don't make that move from a Power 5 school to a non-Power 5 school unless there's reasons. 
and the reason some of the reasons and I truly believe this is Dana knew the cupboards were bare and he didn't do his grocery shopping real well meaning he did not recruit as well as he should have through his 8 year tenure he had his best team ever in Morgantown last year he couldn't get it done and i really believe that he said oh boy I, I'm, it might be time for a change here because if i don't i i could get fired because the the cupboards the talent Wise, and I, I remember talking to you after the spring game, and I said, "Oof, oof, the talent level is not the same as it was last year. Not anywhere close to it." Now, Neil Brown has done some things in the off season to bring in some more talent to plug some holes. Is it going to be enough? I don't know. It, it, it's better than it was in the spring. Everybody's thinking we're going to blow out James Madison. If you're thinking we're going to blow out James Madison, you don't know who James Madison is. Yes, they have a new head coach this year, but all their talent that they've been winning FCS championships with is still on that team. It is going to be a close, tight game week one in Morgantown. You can mark my words on it. I guarantee it's going to be a lively atmosphere because... From what I'm seeing, if you go on the unofficial place for the Mountaineers, you go on maybe their official resale website, StubHub. I think it's actually their official mm-hmm. resale website. I remember last year when they play the team, the, the throwaway games, the first three games. State. They played Youngstown State. You could buy t- tickets, I think, for like $25, $26. This year alone, for one ticket for that game, is $52. Hey, on it's, StubHub. it's the excitement level. That's what I'm saying. If it's going to be a close game like this, I guarantee you that stadium's going to be a little bit lively. It is. It is. And the atmosphere is one of the reasons why West Virginia will pull out week one and beat James Madison. I just don't want people to sit there and think, be sitting in a very lively Mountaineer field, going, why why aren't we blowing this team out? Come on. What's this guy doing down there? Because I've been around this fan base for years. And that's usually what happens. I'm telling you, it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a close game. I think atmosphere. I think depth. It is a team that we will have more depth than because any FBS team is going to have more depth than an FCS team. And good coaching, knowledgeable coaching will be what pulls this game out at the end. And people won't look at it that way. And I encourage people to look at it that way. That you've got a very good team coming to Morgantown and James Madison. Yes, they're FCS. But it is um, not who we were last year. It's a new coach. It's a new regime. It's a new way to do things. And if you can win this game, I think fans should look at it as it's a good win. It's a good opening to the Neil Brown era. And you don't have to win by 42 points for that to happen. People, I think, will look at it as, oh, we didn't beat them by 40, so we must stink. And that's not it. Well, one thing I want to say about Neil Brown in relation to Dana, and it's not totally going back to it, Neil Brown seems more like of a coach's player or player's coach. He is. He's definitely a person that will get down one-on-one. I know uh, just a couple of days ago they went down to, was it Grafton? The coal mine in Grafton, yeah. So they went down there. They done a little team building there. They done the axe throwing about a week ago. Mm-hmm. Seen him at Top Golf. 
Oh yeah, there's. A- I mean, it's been the coolest um, off season around it. If you're a mountaineer, just to watch the social media stuff, because he's had these guys playing some form of form of tic tac toe. They've had uh, cook offs. Um, they've had team gatherings by positions at the coach's house where they're playing cornhole. Everything's competitive. It might not be football related. But it's competitive and it's team building. I, I don't. We never saw that stuff no. in the Dana Holgerson era. Now, did it happen? Maybe I'm not sure. We we know Dana didn't share a lot of stuff. But this guy's putting it all out there, and he makes you feel like part of the family on social media. Neil Brown is a completely different guy than Dana Holgerson, and I've said it before. He fits our mold better than a Dana Holgerson did in just an off-season. Not just over eight seasons. In an off-season, this guy came in and basically not only reshaped the culture of a program, he has reshaped the culture of a fan base, which is incredible. Oh, he's a, It's amazing how much he's been able to bring his fan base back together in such a quick amount mm-hmm. of time. I have not heard one fan... I've talked to that knows anything about WVU football say anything bad about him or I don't like him or I wish we had Dana. I haven't heard one fan say that yet. And when the guy when the guy was hired, I, I went trolling all the Troy pages just to find one guy to say, Oh, this guy, yeah, watch out, he's horrible. You could not find one negative thing from anybody in the Troy fan base about Neil Brown. Couldn't do it. I tried. Well all their coaches are just sound <laughs> just as good as too. Yeah. I mean, they really are a guy. I mean, uh, I enjoyed talking with uh, the offense line coach when I went to the meet and greet. Matt Moore was a really nice guy to talk mm-hmm. to. Uh, Travis Trickett, mm-hmm. very very Boston nice county boy. Very very nice guy to talk to. He wasn't so much. I I wanted to talk Mountaineer football. He wanted to talk about Preston County mm-hmm. and everything back here. Mm-hmm. And it's just they. I mean, football is the main thing. I mean. Come August 31st, it's time to it win is. games, but they realize it's more than that. But it's still, it's that building process. And your first off season, you got to go through that. You're building a culture, you're building a family, and he's a family-oriented guy. The staff seems very family-oriented. And it's just about about bringing everybody together. That's players, it's coaches, it's fans, it's family. It's everything goes into that process, and he's done a fantastic job. And I've mentioned it. You know, when we were talking at the end of the season last year on the Blitz, the warm and fuzzy feelings have not left. Have not left. Now, come week one, we'll see. Because it's it's going to be a close game. I'll tell you that. It's going to be close. I just hope to the dear Lord above that no fans literally trash this guy if we have only a 4-1 season. They've got to give him time. And it's not Neil Brown's fault. If he would have a 4-win season or less this year, you have to put this season on the old regime because they were the ones that built what he's coming into and what was left. Granted, he has brought in some people to try to fill holes, mm-hmm. but it's in a very short time. One thing I want to say is you go back to Dana, and I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but like you said, Dana didn't do his grocery shopping. And you see, and I follow a website that does a lot of the recruiting and follows a lot of the recruiting. It just seems like Neil Brown is going after a lot of high-end recruits mm-hmm. that Dana never did. Neil Brown's at least putting our name in the hat for a lot of people. You look back at the end of last season, at the end of this recruiting period, when he went after the, the, the lineman from Huntington that was pretty much signed, sealed, and delivered to Tennessee, 
it's a kid that if somebody was on him early from the old regime, I think he was sold on WVU. Neil Brown almost turned him in a matter of three weeks. That says something right there to me. A five-star kid in your own backyard that is solidly verbally committed to Tennessee is almost flipped in three weeks. If we were on him from the beginning, from the start, whole different story. just makes you wonder what Dana done. Like, why? <laughs> I mean, just uh, what Dana Are done. We, uh, yeah, I mean, we've all been wondering that all all talking I mean, season, I right? Mean, I mean, I've, I've talked to fans. I've talked to players that's on the team. I'm not going to mention names. I'm not going to say anything that would be misleading, but... I've heard not the best of reports yeah. about how Dana I mean, conducted himself. They were, it, outside they, were of the press. they were on social media uh, after Dana left. A lot of it you saw, and uh, the the culture was not the culture that we were used to. It, it was not a Don Nealon culture. It wasn't a Bill Stewart culture. Heck, it wasn't even a Rich Rodriguez culture. It, it was completely different. Right, wrong. Here's what I can say about Dana. I think Dana will have success at Houston. Might not be immediately. The guy's a good coach. He is a good coordinator. coordinator. He's a good offensive mind. Running a non-Power 5 program, I think he'll have success in Houston. I feel bad for but Houston But I, I, I really hope Oklahoma puts it on him by like 28. Week one. Oh, I'm not. I, I hope. I hope. Like my <laughs> prediction last year, where Alabama beat Louisville, which was my first loss last season. <laughs> Al, what was the final score of that? It Al, was ugly. It was like in the fifties. Yeah. I think Alabama blasted them. Yeah. I want to see that. I want to see. I, I want to see. I want to. I want to see Oklahoma just blow yeah. them out of the water. Yeah. Like I'm going to send Dana into the locker rooms at halftime. Yeah. Just, just, just see his hair already pulled out because, I mean. If you go to an FC or not an FCS school, but you go to a non-power five school and the talent level is that much less of WVUs, and you can't beat Oklahoma with our talent, and then you're going to their talent level and you're installing a new re- regime to them. Plus, without your best defensive player, Houston lost their best defensive player, first round draft pick in the NFL. It's going to be a disaster. Uh, I mean, and you're going up against one of the top offenses. Now we'll be talking a lot about Oklahoma and the Big 12 Conference, when we roll out the Blitz, um, what day it will air, August 21st. Mm-hmm. Um, here's what I think about Oklahoma, and I'll, I'll give away some of the things we'll be talking about on the Blitz. I think this is a down year for Oklahoma, and I've said it before. I do not believe Jalen Hurts is a good fit in the Lincoln-Riley offense. I don't believe it. It is a wide open, throw it around the park. Why Why did Jalen Hurts get passed over at Alabama to Tua? Tua's a better passer. Jalen Hurts, good kid, good athlete, not a great arm. I don't think he evolves in this Lincoln Riley. And when I say Oklahoma down this year, I, I'm thinking third <laughs> in the Big 12. I think there are two teams that are better than Oklahoma in the Big 12 this year. Um, so I, I don't know if you call that a down year. I, I know their fan base will consider that a down year. And that year. would be Iowa State and uh, Texas? Yep, I haven't changed on that. I think Iowa State, led by Matt Campbell, is a force to be reckoned with. 
in the Big 12. I think they will make it to the conference championship. I think Texas is on a mission this year, and I hate to be the first one to come out in talking season and say, oh, well, Texas is back. I don't know how long it'll last, but I do think they're on a mission this year, and I do believe Texas uh, Texas is my favorite to win the conference this year. I want to go if Iowa State, honestly. I, know I would I love to now, see it. But – I'm all for the horns down, so I don't want to see Texas win it. And <laughs> they can't throw a flag on us. Oh, I know. Hey, we, we can set in here. Are listening, so. Yeah, you know they can set and set and throw flags at us all they want. I mean that whole horns down thing. Here's the scary thing with the whole horns down thing to me. Okay, and, and we've discussed a little bit West Virginia going into a year where there's a ton of question marks. Uh, we don't know if the talent level is as high as it has been in the past. Which I hey, I could be completely wrong on saying that the talent isn't there. When Clint Trickey came in that one year, I'm pretty sure we were thinking that was going to be a down year. We still pulled out a six-win season. Yeah, yeah. With Kevin White, because Kevin White just (laughs) randomly cropped out of nowhere. But here's the scary game for me, and I'm sitting here looking at the schedule, and the scary part of the schedule to me is you book Texas to be your homecoming game. Homecoming is usually something that you put a team on there that you almost know you're going to beat for the homecoming crowd. So being their homecoming game, Texas will take that as a slap in the face. They've been seeing all this social media stuff from Mountaineer fans with the horns down all year. There was last year's close game. There's all this buildup on social media, all the talking that's been going on through this offseason. I think Texas rolls in here on... October 5th with a huge chip on their shoulder. That is the game that I think is going to get ugly for the Mountaineers. I think it's going to have them as a pit rivalry-esque yeah. feeling to it. How, how nasty it's going to be on the field. Yeah. You know, I have a feeling with Neil Brown being the head coach this year, a lot of, you're going to see a lot more fans in the stadium than you would have if Dana were here, mm. even with the volatility that we have with Texas. And <laughs> it's how how it's became so vol. I never thought in a million years that you would have when we joined the Big Twelve. I didn't think Texas would be a rival, and, and that's what it's almost starting to be. You look at all the chatter on social media between the fan bases. Oh, we don't like Texas. Nah, no, not at all. I used to be a Texas fan. Out when when we weren't in the Big Twelve, Texas, I actually kind of enjoyed watching the Longhorns right. play of Vince Young and everything. Yeah. Now I cannot stand the Texas Longhorns. I mean, they're well, I can't stand Oklahoma either. But, but that one's going to be a hard one to win on homecoming. Let them find out it's the homecoming game. That just gives them a bigger chip on their shoulder. Here's a game to watch while, while we're on Texas, while we're talking Texas real quick. Week two, Texas and Auburn. No, I'm sorry, Texas-LSU. Week two of the season, Texas-LSU. Not giving away any of my picks that I'll be giving out on the Blitz. But I don't think that might... I that might not be the only time this season you see Texas play all issue. Hmm. <laughs> I know where, I know where you're going with that. Um, I think uh, that's a great game. Week two, if anybody's looking at future, the future of the college football season, uh, week two, Texas LSU is going to be a heck of a game. That's a real good insight that you gave right there. That's a good tease right yeah, there for the fans yeah, to listen yeah, for your yeah. picks. And I don't are, think that's the only time they will play this And when year. are we doing our, are we doing our, we're doing our college final four picks. Oh yeah, we got to throw week. it. No, yeah, well, the first episode. We got to throw those out first episode. We're doing week one picks 
No, no. Who we feel will make the college football playoff. Week uh, preseason preview of the Blitz on the 21st. I think I got one team right last year. It was Everybody else's team we got right was Alabama. That was the only I team. I think you put Central Florida in, and you were almost right. They 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 lost, didn't they? They 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 got they made it to a um, yeah, but they a, but they barely New York lost. Six they game. barely yeah. lost, and they yeah. and it was I think it was controversial that they lost that yeah. game too. So you you were close. Um, you know, I will not pick Alabama in my final four because that's just an obvious pick that everybody I know. Neil and Kelly will have Alabama in their final four. Me too, and Aaron too. <laughs> I never put Alabama in the final four, and this is the reason when. Alabama, one of these years, doesn't make the Final Four. I can say, see, I told you, beginning of the year, Alabama wasn't going to do it this year. So I never put them in there. Well, they still got two. LSU. LSU, though. They still Mm. got two. They still got two. And Ed, Ed or uh, I I cannot pronounce his last name, Coach Ed down in uh, LSU. Ed Ogeron. Ed Ogeron. Good old boy. Good Bayou boy right there. Ed Ogeron. He he looks intimidating on the sideline. Here's the thing with LSU, and I said it about him last year. Coach O is on a warm seat, and he's had the teams, he's had the talent down there at LSU to do it. I think this is their breakout year. I think this is the year they get past Alabama. Oh, I really hope so. I'm getting tired of seeing Alabama in the Final Four. Do I want to see them in it? No. Do I think they're going to be in it? <laughs> Probably. Yes. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean that's that's what I think. Um, let's transition to kind of a second portion of the talk i know um who do you think is going to quarterback i know we were talking oh, yes, in our the, in our little the, side chatter there that the quarterback battle of the off season okay so you got austin kendall who who transferred in from oklahoma i think everybody in talking season here has expected that austin kendall would be the starting quarterback you got jack allison who nobody liked in the bowl game uh, I, I think I even made the comment that he was wearing shoes made out of concrete against Syracuse because it just didn't seem like he could move any. And then you got Trey Lowe, which Trey Lowe is kind of the wild card because, you know, he did play in that Syracuse bowl game, very limited. I think he's at an advantage over some of the other quarterbacks, the other two quarterbacks. He's a more mobile guy that can fit um, some of the things that Neil Brown has wanted to do if you look back at his Troy days early on he he won early at Troy by developing a very young quarterback and keeping him there for four years he also likes to run a little bit of option Trello is the obvious pick if you want to do that now does he have the arm he says all three of his quarterbacks have an arm to throw that long ball it's who learns how to throw the intermediate routes, which I think if you're looking coming out of the spring game, intermediate routes went more to Jack Allison, Okay, where Austin Kendall has a big arm and is probably more accurate than the three going downfield. Jack is a little bit more under the, under, under the coverage kind of guy. However, Jack still has the mobility issue. Austin Kendall ran a little bit in the spring game. Don't know if he is as mobile as Trey Lowe, though. Uh, coming down to it, I think it comes down to Kendall and Trey Lowe, but right now I, I think I'm heading in the direction of Trey Lowe. I, I, people could call me crazy by saying that. I, I just like the idea of him better. I like the idea of starting the young guy. Maybe you build something. Maybe you build a potential uh, long-term starter 
there. And I'm a huge fan of what I call baptism under fire. I mean, put them out there, put them in the heat of the game, and see what they do. I would love to see Trello. And honestly, the kid, I mean, you hear the kids' interviews, and he just sounds like a kid that was brought up right, and he's he's great. He, he has good I don't know. He has good intuition to do what he's going to do. Funny story. Remember a guy that we all wanted to come to Morgantown to transfer? Oh, yes. Guy who transferred. He's like, I'm going to take my talents to the U. The U. Yeah, he fits well at the U, doesn't he? Yeah, he lost his his starting job to a freshman. And we had that conversation on the Blitz, if you remember. Tate Martell's been at six schools in like two years. Kid... He learns that he's not going to be the starter, and he just bolts. And when everybody was talking, Tate Martell, Tate Martell, we want him in Morgantown. I'm sitting here scratching my head going, he doesn't have a heart. He doesn't. He doesn't want to fight for it. And and I think they made a great decision not signing Tate Martell. I'm glad to see he went to the U. He ends up losing the starting job. Heck, he probably won't even be on the roster come day one. Which is early for them because they're playing week zero against Florida. And another guy who I know he wasn't going to transfer to the Mountaineers. I know there was always those rumors about the great guy coming. Kelly Bryant, he got injured practice. Did he? I have well, not hurt. seen yeah, Kelly that. Kelly Bryant got hurt in practice. And oh, my God. I, 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 I had not seen that news. I, I, I would definitely check it out. I, I'm going to have to pull that up. I mean, I don't know how serious it is. I've heard it. I, I think it's a shoulder. Because here's the deal. Okay, Missouri, with Kelly Bryant, is possibly a 10-win team. A Missouri team without Kelly Bryant, probably not a 10-win team. And here's the thing. The wild card with Missouri is the fact that they are on a one-year probation. What is their attitude going to be like, especially if you lose um, Kelly Bryant, you know, that could be another game you look at. It's already on my bubble games on the Mountaineers' schedule, games that they might win to get to that bowl eligibility mark. Missouri's on my bubble. Without Kelly Bryant, we, we've we got a legitimate shot in Missouri week two. Okay, so I just pulled up the article where it says, and this is off of 247sports.com, it says the Missouri Tigers are holding their collective breath this week after projected starting quarterback Kelly Bryant was injured during practice on Monday and didn't walk off on his own power. According to Missouri's Missouri Net Bill Pollock, Bryant slipped and crashed to the turf as he was running and was hit by a teammate. Mm. Tigers star tight end Albert we're gonna call him Albert O for the sake I can't pronounce. <laughs> yeah, his name. I, I can't pronounce that one either. Also left practice due to injury after coming down wow. awkwardly on his knee after leaping for a pass. Uh and then uh, the Missouri coach, Barry, Barry Odom, went out and said, quote, Kelly went down for a little bit with a hamstring strain, and Albert went down with a knee sprain. Mm. Week so, two. Week two is not that far away. It, that's a whole different ball game without Kelly Bryant. I, I saw that. Yeah, I saw ball. that the other day, and I can't believe I didn't mention to you. I was like, Kelly Bryant's yeah. injured. I was like, wow. That could definitely, if we start off the season 2-0, and I mean, there's a good chance you start off three and zero if you can get past Missouri, yeah. and you look your fourth game's against Kansas. Now I know Les Miles made it to Kansas. It's going to take Les Miles to get some dudes in there. Now you look at his recruiting for the next year. It's not going to take him long, but he doesn't have the dudes this year. If we come out of the gates and go four and zero, holy cow! That that that's a. a would be unbelievable. If, uh, and a Missouri team without Kelly Bryan is a is a he. 
definitely a winnable game. And I think if the Mountaineers come out 4-0, this is just speculative, if they come out 4-0, looking decent, not so good in the James Madison game, but they pull out a win, but it seems like in a week two win, say they win against Missouri, they start to pick up steam, and then they win against Kansas and they pick up even more steam, they got that momentum going into a homecoming crowd that will be rocking a volatile <laughs> atmosphere at Mount Pusco Stadium. And the Big 12 does this to us every year. I want to start making the schedules for the Big 12 Conference because it is unfair to West Virginia some years, and it's been that way in the past. Look at this October, Aaron. You've got Texas, Iowa State, Oklahoma, and Baylor. Them are my four top teams in the Big 12 this year, all in the same month. It's like that one year that Dana lost four straight in November because he played four straight ranked teams. TCU, Baylor, Oklahoma, Texas. They were all back-to-back. It's just a murderer's row through October. It would be a huge boost to get through August and September at 4-0. If you could do that, you got a fighting chance coming into November. Yeah, you got a fighting chance, and I think if they start off 4-0 or even 3-1, they got a real good chance to at least make a bowl. Yeah, and, and, and Dana's not a coach. Sorry, I am sorry that I hurt the Mountaineer <laughs> fan base like that. Dana is a coach that will throw away a bowl game. Neil Brown is I not. I don't think so. No. Hey, I tell you what, and, and people may agree with me on this next statement. They may not agree with me. Also, giving a little hint towards the Blitz show on August 21st when we start talking Mountaineers and what we think the record's going to be. If, in my feelings, if this team can get to six wins, I think six wins is where people should set the bar on this team. If you can make it to six wins, I think it's a huge feather in Neil Brown's cap to make it year one to a bowl game, knowing what the depth chart looked like when he got here, and then losing the players that he did, losing some of Dana's boys, as we'll call them, losing that set, and then bringing in new people to fill the gaps. Who are high, more highly recruited. Right. If you can get to six wins in year one, I think sky's the limit when it comes to Neil Brown. You talk to players, and I think you get a feeling of a Don Nealon-esque feeling. I, or when you stand I've got that him. feeling, and I can remember. Now, granted, I wasn't deep into the Don Nealon era, but I do remember the end of the Don Nealon era. It's when I became a Mountaineer fan. And you do, you get that, you get that old school, hard work ethic. Uh, I'm in it to win. I'm not in it to produce superstars kind of attitude from Neil Brown, just like you got from Don Nealon back in the day. Definitely. And I, I, I think, I think uh, the good thing about Neil Brown is he brings Don Nealon in to kind of help mentor mm-hmm. these players to yeah. show your history, what you came from. And just the openness to past players that Neil Brown has opened up. He that, said that in his introductory yeah, press yeah, conference. That, that was not something Dana was big on. I mean, we won't have Pat Harris here. We'll have Major Harris yeah. and Pat White here. I mean, <laughs> but, hey, it was day one press conference. Give the guy a break. I, I definitely. Um, the one thing I love he said in the interview with Tony Caridi a few, a few weeks ago or about a month ago, he says about how he talks to the players. He's like, listen, they're going to win. They've won a long time before I got here, mm-hmm. and they're going to win a long time after I leave here. He's like, and, and that, that statement just just sets with me. Just uh, That's how humble the guy is. He knows when his time comes. Mm-hmm. I hope he retires as Mountaineer if he does good. I mm-hmm. hope he does. Do I think he will? Mm-hmm. Not in this day and age of college football. Probably not. 
he, I mean, you never know. I mean, he could, you never know. You never you say never. never. Yeah, I mean, it could surely <laughs> shock you. Final topic, uh, kind of uh, leaving a show yeah. on a bad note. Uh, star tight end who was supposed to take a good amount from Trey Lowe, or not Trey, but Trey Lowe, but Trayvon Wesco, Giovanni Haskins. Nah, that, what's he doing running around High Street doing crazy stuff like that in the middle of the night? I, I don't get it. I don't get it. You, you know what a spotlight you're under as a, a student athlete at a, a Power 5 school, and, and you go running from the cops in the middle of the night. It, it, it doesn't look good on the program. I know kids make mistakes. I, I know when you're dealing with college student athletes. But come on, man. This close to the season. He was going to be a big part of this offense, and I haven't heard – any rulings on it yet it's been it's been quiet i would say that he will be out for at least the first month of the season um now you look at that position get excited for mike o'laughlin man neil brown's had good things to say about him six six wide receiver red shirted last year will play that tight end fullback position that uh wesco made popular in the offense last year. Um, so there's there's dudes behind him that can take his spot. And, and coming into the season, why are you doing that? Why are you running away from the cops? Are you, would you run away from the cops on high street in the middle of the night? I've not, seen people do it. We're not going to win. Yeah, it's definitely one you're not getting away from. <laughs> seen a guy run straight up the road one night going the wrong direction. Yeah. Cops right behind him. Yeah, you see. <laughs> Morgantown on a Saturday night. <laughs> And the sad thing is, this is in July, and the students aren't even yeah, back. They come, they come back tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Hey, avoid Morgantown at all possible this weekend. I know you live there. I'm having a cookout tomorrow night into Saturday morning. I'm not going back to Morgantown until okay. Saturday Good evening. call. Good call. I'm going to go fight it. I'm going to drive an Uber. Ugh. I, I thought about Uber. And I did Uber a few times with my new car. And Man, where did we go? This is a sports show. A sports show, right? Hey, uh, so. we need to plug. We uh, August twenty first once again, uh, the debut of the Blitz. Another season. Um, I will be hosting again. Um, Aaron will be on there with us. Kelly Gamble, Neil Waldeck. Of course, Neil won the pick segment last year. Took away my championship, so I, I've got to get back at him this year. We need to come up with some type of trophy or like a WWE belt or something that hangs in your office I, our, for the year. Our dinner at Texas Roadhouse wasn't good enough for winning? I think it was great. I just didn't like the fact that Kelly used the gift card. Yeah, that that, was that kind of, I was like, You know he took dude, those out of the offering plate, right? I wouldn't have shocked him. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Kelly, Kelly that's that's a joke. I know you're listening right now. That's a joke. We it's all in fun and games. But uh Blitz, uh, you know, this is like the ninth season, I think, now that we've been doing this thing. It started with me and Neil. Each Wednesday night, six to eight, big news for everybody out there. We will be simulcasting on the sports round table. So if you miss us on Wednesday night, you can tune in at any time throughout the football season to the sports round table. Mm-hmm. How did they do that again? I'm not big on so this whole podcast if you, if you follow yet. me on twitter at aaron host 97 or if you follow chris what's your uh, chris westfall one zero twitter.com so, so if you follow him on twitter we will be sharing that content 
Um, I'll be sharing it on Twitter, Facebook, and also on our website, kcountryradio.com. You can check out an Apple podcast, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio. doesn't matter if you have an Apple or an Android. You can, you can hear it on both, or you can always stream it on our website. Um, it will be available for download, stream, listen to at any time you want to, any time, day or night, and it is free. Free. Wow. Hey, um, one more thing, too. Bonus. Bonus for our sports roundtable listeners this year. We will be giving exclusive picks on the sports roundtable. So you can tune into the Blitz. We'll give you some picks of what we think is going to happen in the week of college football. And then you can turn into the sports roundtable and hear some more picks as well. Bonus coverage exclusively on the podcast. Definitely. I, I'm, I'm, exci- I'm excited for where the sports roundtable is going. Last week we had over 60 listeners, and, I, and I'm almost positive those were all organic listeners. Hey, you were just showing me some stats. on It is amazing where we're getting people listening at. New York, you see a lot of New York on there. Uh, you know, we saw Florida. You see people all over the United States. San Jose, San Jose California. Amazing. Um, and, and, you know, I'm a radio guy. I have been for a long time. And you never know on the radio. Who's listening. Who's listening. It's cool to be able to look at a podcast stat and be able to tell who's listening and where they're from and all that. It's it's pretty cool. It's even cool, like, if you have multiple countries listening to you, can go into the actual countries. And then if I think right, I think I can even go into the cities of those countries to see mm. if, like, the... Like if like Lima, Peru's listening, or uh, I don't know, uh, yeah, yeah, Montreal, Can- right. Canada, or something right. like that. You can always check out and find where they're listening from, and that also helps us with the sports roundtable to kind of try to understand the demographics mm-hmm. of that area. Yeah. And better- we'll be we'll be able to talk. You know, we see people in such an area talking. Maybe you can you can throw in some more related topics, uh, possibly about some of the areas that we're looking at. You know, uh, brief plug for the Blitz um, before we go. Some of the things we'll talk about. August 21st edition. Uh, be listening for Mountaineer Talk. We will each give predictions of what we think the uh, outcome of the season will be. We will give our final four prediction for the playoffs this year. I've already kind of hinted to where I'm leaning on my final four. Big 12 conference, I think I already gave my winner away for that. But you never know. I might change my mind between now and August 20th. Sam Elliger may get hurt. (laughs) But, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, Another year of the Blitz, uh, teaming up with the Sports Roundtable this year. Should be a good thing. It's good. I I think it's going to benefit both the Sports Blitz and the Sports Roundtable. It's going to just help make it better, and it's also going to help us understand who's listening to the Blitz more that we may not have known yeah. when we were yeah. actually doing the Blitz. I know I listen to the Blitz, and that's because I work here, but I would have listened to it even if I didn't work here just because I'm a sports guy. I like to listen to sports talk. Yeah. I listen to I don't know how many sports podcasts throughout the week on Apple Apple Podcasts. I listened to Tony Caridi's Three Guys. Mm. They had they had yeah, Rich, like they had, they had Rich Rod on there not long. Yeah, I, I listened to that one. And it was, was a, good. It was actually cool hearing Rich Rod talking, yeah. and you know, he, he, I'm not, he can talk. Yeah, I'm, not, still, I, I'm still not over that part of Mountaineer history. I think I think it's <laughs> I think it's starting to soften out though. It's not for me. You hear that? It's not for me. <laughs> 
If you're if you're listening, Retro, I, I, I tears in my eyes when I had to cancel and cancel my hotel room in New Orleans for the national championship this year. That yeah, year, I, that year, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, I, I was, I was crying, crying, grown man cry. You know how they say sports makes grown men cry all the time. <laughs> I was that night. I was crying the next morning when I woke up and realized we lost the pit. But thirteen nine. Regardless, we're not playing pit this year. We will be playing them in three years. Um, we are playing Texas this year at home, and of course, as always, horns down when they come in. Um, I'll be flashing it. Um, you, you, they can't flag you. I don't think. Oh, I'd love for them to. I mean. If, hey, they, if they eject me, I'll have my money's worth before I leave. One more p- plug for the Blitz. If anybody would like my analysis on how this season would go, I told you we'd give predictions of how we think the outcome of the Mountaineers football season will go. I've got this season broke down into three segments, okay? Three segments of games. And I'm going to tell the three segments of games, and I'll explain more on the Blitz on August 21st. And the season will be decided by these three segments. First segment is that... October run. Texas, Iowa State, Oklahoma, and Baylor fall into segment A. Segment B is Missouri, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, and TCU. That's segment two. And segment three is James Madison, NC State, Kansas, and Kansas State. Those are my three segments on how this season will go for the Mountaineers and tune into the Blitz to figure out what I mean. Those are the segments you're going to be watching, Aaron Host. Some really good insight, and like I said, a week from today will be the first edition of the 2019-2020 Sports Blitz. The Blitz. Can't wait. The Blitz. I can't wait. I can't wait for that. (laughs) I can't wait for two weeks until I'm sitting in Milan Pushkar Stadium. I I know I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. I should be there. I'll be there the August 31st game. The 14th is unlikely I'll this be there. This is your last year as a student. Why the aren't 14th, you on all of The 14th, I got drill. Uh, uh, the 5th and 12th is Iowa State. I'll definitely be at both of those. I'll be at the November 9th game, and I will not be there on November 23rd. If everybody else knows why, I missed November 23rd last year when we played Oklahoma. Yeah, that's your wedding anniversary, yes. isn't it? She won't let you go. I... I <laughs> I remember at night. And that Oklahoma State game, that's in one of my segments. That's a very important one. We'll talk more about that. I mean, I I want to spend that day. I would rather spend that day with my wife. It's our third year anniversary coming on November 23rd. That's why you get married in the off season, during talking season. Well, we got married on the day before Thanksgiving. And, you know... I would much rather spend time with my wife and then go to the Oklahoma State when football game. I, I proposed to my wife at the Fiesta Bowl after I had to cancel my um, uh, trip to the national championship. Thanks, Richard Rodriguez. Uh, so I did get engaged at the Fiesta Bowl at the Grand Canyon. And when we got engaged, I said, you got to get this um, all planned and done before the next football season or we're waiting. August 16th, coming up. Had done book a couple weeks before the season started that year. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eleven years, Heck believe it yeah. or not. Well, happy anniversary there. I'm, I'm, I'm behind you. I got three. Yeah. Hey. Three. The but, first three is the toughest. I heard that about the first year, and then I heard that, and, that, and I heard it's like, well, it's the first two years. <laughs> I think we're completely off the rails now, man. I'll get to 15. You're like, well, you got by the first decade. 
<laughs> Anyways, that's going to do us all for the sports roundtable. Um, you will hear us next week. Uh, it will be the premiere edition, the first edition of the Blitz. And you can also hear the extended version on the sports roundtable next Wednesday night. It will drop around 7.30 to 8 o'clock on SoundCloud, which you can also stream out on Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Apple Podcasts, and our website, kcountryradio.com. I want to send a special thanks to Chris Westfall to come in here, giving some of his time, giving some of his insight on the Mountaineer season. I want to thank our sponsors, Three Guys Fitness. I want to also thank Brouhaha, and I want to thank Divine Image, which their grand opening is coming up next Saturday on the 24th, and 96.7 will be there to do a live feed from there. Till next time.